what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Leadership GPS, insightful conversations about leadership and what it takes to be successful in today's rapidly changing organizations. Hello and welcome to Leadership GPS. I'm Alan Jackson with the Jackson Group and with me as always, Tony Jackson, my father, also with the Jackson Group. Dad, how you doing? I'm fine, son. How about you? Good, good. Good to see you. We haven't seen each other much. You've been on the road You've quite a bit the last few weeks. I've missed you, yeah, missed actually. You, yeah. So this is about the only time we get to spend together now is uh, recording this show. So I, I hope everybody appreciates that who's listening, that you're catching up on the father-son time here as well. So That's uh, exactly right. I mean, all this time that I spent away on the road when you were growing up and you kept asking, where's daddy? Who is daddy? What is daddy? <laughs> right. <laughs> what does my daddy look like? Right. Yes. Right. So I'm trying hard to make up for it. I spent 10 minutes with you today. So I we did. We did caught up that was good good bonding time so we uh, that was good well glad to have you here in the studio and uh and sitting around the table with you as always leadership gps that's our show and as we've talked about the last couple of episodes we've tried to figure out the best words for gps to stand for and so far we've still got two in the running yes you do we've got growing people superbly which i believe was yours right no i didn't use that no that was somebody else and then giving people support that was another one as well. Okay. That wasn't mine either. Okay. Well, I don't know what yours was. I don't remember your suggestion. We'll have to go back and revisit that. Those are well, the two we've been yeah. given. And I you like need to both check your them. notes because it was really important. Okay. I'll have to right. go back. My notes have obviously uh, Since I can't remember either. Lost. So, right. Yeah, it must have been really good. So, good. Well, we're going to keep batting around ideas. But I like it right now being kind of an ambiguous GPS. It can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Main thing we're talking about you is. You like for it to be ambiguous? Yeah. And what are we talking about today? Uh, clarity of communications, <laughs> right? So, great segue into uh, clarity of communications, especially through the written word. Yeah. And that's what we're going to talk about a little bit today. Uh, the main reason I wanted to bring this topic up is, you know, we're in a world today where you, so much of communication happens online, for better or for worse. We've talked about this in the past couple of episodes about how it's been changing a little bit, how people have to adapt to different communication styles because of this. But we really are in a world now where you've got CEOs that sometimes are putting up blog posts for their employees to read. You've got, you know, uh, directives and strategies being communicated through emails, through Twitter posts, through all these other mass communication means. And I've seen it happen. uh, I've seen it been done really well with some clients, some organizations, some people where they do a great job of getting the message out through it and peace. And I've seen it really fall on uh, people on their face mm-hmm. as well, where either the words weren't really carefully chosen or some things were done very haphazardly, and it can have negative repercussions for an organization. Mm-hmm. So I want us to talk a little bit about written communications, and by that I mean text, email, anything where somebody is sitting down composing their words. Even the written, typewritten words yes, or something like that? Yes, sure. Hard carp hard copy letter even if somebody still does okay. those yes right. absolutely so any of those written verbal uh, communications that are not face to face and not directly in front of somebody mm-hmm. that's what I want to talk a little bit about because it has to happen I mean it is a necessity in, in the business world we can't lead without having some email written letter communications going on between people yep. but at the same time it has a lot of pitfalls with it as well mm-hmm. so what I wanted to kind of toss over to you first what are situations and what are some of the advantages of the written word from a leadership standpoint? Hmm. The written word. Yes. No matter whether it's electronic or not. That's right. Doesn't matter. It's where somebody is composing text on a device, on a mm-hmm. paper or something. What are some of the advantages? What are some of the benefits of a leadership, of a leader 
really honing in on that skill and being good with the written communication? Well, there are advantages only if a person makes them advantages. Uh, what I'm saying by that is that even with a hard copy letter or an uh, electronic email, the advantage is you have time, if you take the time, to compose it. True. Think it through, reread it, see how it sounds. Are you getting across what you really wanted to say or not? Unlike the spoken word, where once you said it, it's been heard, it's processed, and, and even though we can retract them, it's still there. Right. Yeah. So the immediacy of being able to make sure there's clarity through the written word is superb. Yes. If we choose to do it. I'll get to that later because that's a pet peeve of mine that people don't choose to, to reread their stuff. Right. You know, yes. And, and look at whether or not it actually communicates what they meant for it to say or not. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things. The second thing is I think that written word, it, it's, it communicates something subtly to the receiver, whether mm-hmm. it's email or what's it, that we took the time to communicate with you. Mm-hmm. I took the time, uh, particularly with a hard copy letter. That says formality, that says this is important. Much more so than a quickly dashed off email that's not given thought and uh, it's quickly dismissed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's also a subtle, the advantages of subtle communication to people that I'm taking the time. This is worthy to communicate to you because I'm taking the time to do that. Right. Okay. Right? So it's, it's seen as a real, you know, I'm, a, I'm adding some, some weight to this because yep. I have sat down and composed right. a letter, a document about this. That's exactly As opposed right. to just mentioning it and passing in the hallway or in a yeah. da- quick text message email. Here's another thing, too, and that's understanding how people learn. Mm-hmm. People learn at different paces, and they learn in different ways. Some people learn uh, by reading text, right. long text, digesting it, pouring it through, going back over, rereading it, gleaning out of it where they can. Other people learn by viewing bullet points of information. Give me the synopsis. Give me the top level. Give me the 30,000-foot level. Give me bullet points. Give me short paragraphs, you know, whatever. If if People are in either one of those two modes to learn by reading and processing information that way rather than listening, then the written word obviously is to, to your advantage. Okay. But you have to know the people, your, your audience that you're communicating to. I'll give you a good example. It goes back a ways, and this is even before probably computers existed, I guess. But I know that, and just for the audience out there, uh, you know that my personal practice as a part of the Jackson Group is called Drive Leadership, mm-hmm. which is a <clears throat> umbrella, if you would, or framework about comprehensive leadership development, not management development, but leadership development skill building for people and awareness building. So a lot of my time is spent one-to-one coaching, one-to-one leadership consultation, small groups, doing assessments and feedback. So what I'm picking up from people that I work with individually, and most of those are in the healthcare field right now, but this applies to everybody, makes me think back to a situation that I encountered years ago where I was working individually with a vice president of this huge organization. Mm -hmm. And I was talking to him about what the transition for him was like, because he was new to that role, new to the organization, and I've been only there like you know six, eight, nine months. And he reported directly to the CEO. Mm-hmm. Very important. Right. Well, his style was to drop by the office, his CEO's office, and say, hey, got a minute? Let me run a few things by you. Mm-hmm. His CEO's style was to read everything, because he was give a it to me in reader, writing. not yeah. a listener. Mm-hmm. And he told him that later on. Said, "I'm a, I'm a listen, I'm a, I'm a writer, not a listener. I'm a reader, I'm not a listener." So he, it, every time this guy would stop by without thinking about it and say, yeah, "Got a minute? Let me talk to him." About it. He might listen to him for the moment. He'd always say, "The CEO would say, go back and write it up for me." Sure. Unfortunately, this CEO was also a previous uh, English teacher in high school oh, in his previous life. So he would send back written hard copy communications circled in red with a misspell. All the little grammatical errors. errors. That's oh, exactly boy. right. Mm. I'm surprised he didn't have a grade on there. But that was just his <laughs> nature. 
And the, the, the vice president told me, because when I asked him this question, I said, what do you know now about leading effectively in this organization that you wish somebody had told you on day one? And that's the first thing he said. He said, I wish somebody had told me the guy I report to is a reader, not a listener. Wow. Makes a big difference in terms of how I choose to communicate. Right. So so for some leadership styles, for some communication styles with individuals, you know, maybe the written word is the best way to communicate sure. uh, with that. What about the consistency of things? Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I'm, I'm always concerned about is, is, is everybody getting the same message? Right. Good point. And, you know, with a face-to-face direct communication, that can vary from encounter to encounter, mm-hmm. even from speech to speech if you're talking to different groups. Mm-hmm. At least with a written word, I mean, you know that anybody who gets a, a hold of that document or that mm-hmm. email or that letter is getting the exact same information shared with them. Right. Right. So I can imagine for a large organization, especially where, you know, a CEO or a leader doesn't have time to go and give direct uh, talks with with groups of employees all around the place. Yep. Sometimes to get that consistent message out, you've got to use a written document. You've got to compose it and craft it and make sure everybody has their eyes on it and getting the same information. You do. And and that that's an excellent point. And that is an advantage of the written communications. But you know what? It, it, it leads kind of feeling kind of empty because sure. a lot of times – Broad-based written communications are crafted almost to the point where it doesn't sound like the person sending it. Mm-hmm. And you lose some of the oomph behind it. You lose some of the meat behind it that, that you get from face-to-face communications with that individual that only they can provide. But you're right, and you can't expect somebody to walk around and talk to the same message, say the same way to 2,000 employees right. in the same day. So they yeah. get it out at the same time. So you have to rely on those things. But it should always the formal written communication should always be a way of – um, just crystallizing and formalizing messages that that guy would have said or that woman would have said in front of that person if they're sitting there eye to eye with them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Good point. Well, the only other kind of advantage I had to list it down on my sheet was as far as written communications that I think is an advantage nowadays for a lot of people in a leadership role is because of electronic communication, you can get messages out quickly. Okay. Now that's also going to be a big con. We'll talk you about it a little is, bit, yeah. but I do think, you know, imagine if you're a CEO of an organization where there is a giant public relations crisis or an employee morale issue, mm-hmm. you need something communicated out there quickly. Yep. You know, sometimes your best method is either a nice polished up email or a document that can be quickly disseminated throughout the entire organization. Sure. That happens a lot quicker than making rounds, holding meetings and all right. of that. So uh, there's some advantages there, right? Expediency, uh, getting responsiveness. It shows strong responsiveness when you send out something quickly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just did it upstairs in my office. You know, uh, somebody sent some information from Detroit. Uh, if I had written a hard copy letter, sent it through the mail, it'd be four days before it got sure. there and been read. And yet those dates need to be confirmed today right? on some people's calendars. Yeah. So dash out an email, say, looks good, let's go with this one. Boom, it's done. It shows mm-hmm. quick responsiveness, eagerness. Uh, but you're right, it also, also pretends a, a real problem in terms of quickness yeah. response. And, and, right? and I want to get to that definitely here yeah. in a second as far as the, all the drawbacks we've got with this. But but I do think you know, the, the quick having a format, having a vehicle to get information out to a large audience on a quick basis or an immediate basis, showing that responsiveness, you've got to be good at the written word. You've right. got to be able to communicate that way. All right, but let me, let me just ask you this. Mm-hmm. You, you might put me off till later on this uh, type of thing, son, but you mm-hmm. know I am the dad, so I'm going to address it now. <laughs> I will defer to you, okay. yes. <laughs> uh, what's wrong with picking up the phone and calling the guy? True. Uh, you know, I do see less and less of that happening these days. Well, but why is that? So well, you know, I think— Like you, you don't like to use a phone. No, I don't. I don't. Okay. I don't. I don't like using the phone. Um, 
I, to me, the phone has its own inherent issues along with it. Yes, I like hearing the tone of voice of somebody that I'm talking to. I like being able to probe questions without having to wait for responses back and forth on a, mm-hmm. on a written mm-hmm. form. But, you know, the phone, people's schedules have become a little more prohibitive from doing that, I think. Mm-hmm. I think we're finding people that are either traveling or working odd hours that sometimes trying to schedule 15 minutes on the phone is tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have seen from my own client relationships fewer and fewer people wanting to get on the phone and talk about something as opposed to dialoguing online. Well, let me tell you, and this, again, can be down the road, but how I find that to be helpful, though, you know, if you pick up the phone and you do happen to catch somebody in or leave them a voicemail, mm-hmm. that shows even more personal responsiveness than the email. Sure. But usually what I do, if I'm leaving a voicemail for somebody or get them on the phone, and I'll say something like, Steve, I'm glad I caught you. I've sent you an email about this. No, no, you haven't had time. It has the details, but you know, I really want to get back to you quickly on this. Yeah. And, think, and Plus, how are you doing? You know? Sure. Right. And it connects the person to the person oh, yeah. rather than the person to the words in an, on an electronic format. And believe me, from a customer service standpoint, you know, for mm-hmm. people in any kind of role where they have to play a, a strong role of cus- uh, the customer service side of things, sure. it's imperative. You've mm-hmm. got to be able to reach out and make the phone call, vi- make the visit. In addition to everything else, I think that's extremely important. Mm-hmm. Um, from a leadership standpoint, I think it's just guys' own challenges. I mean, as a leader in a leadership role, yes, I, I think the first option ought to be: Can I be more efficient and more directive if I just pick up the phone and buzz this person, or call them, or set mm-hmm. up a meeting with them? Mm-hmm. That ought to be the first question, mm-hmm. because if if it makes more sense to do that, that should be done right away. Um, but at the same time, you know, we've got. Companies out there that have got branches of employees all scattered around places. We've got different work schedules. We've got travel schedules and all that. So it does come to a situation that you have to make that evaluation. Is this a better suited for me to pick up the phone and try to talk to them? Or can I send them my thoughts that are a little more well-crafted and I've had time to, to process and send to hope to get responses back? you got to make a judgment call. I think both have their place. I'm not saying one should always be used over the other, but I think there's advantages to both. Well, that sounds really good, but what you and I both know, you just don't like to make phone calls. Okay, all right, fine. <laughs> you found me out. I'm basically trying to I'm trying to shift the world to a away from telephone communication. Yeah, so. I know, but you're well, you're in the modern generation. All right? yeah. Now, here's the thing. While you were rambling on about that, I was doing some other thinking about another advantage. Right. Okay, good. <laughs> Written word. Glad to know you're paying attention. Go for it. So you're up. What I thought was that, you know, another advantage of written word, whether it's crafted letter or whether it's an email, and you get to say what you say as a continuous block of information. Mm-hmm. You don't have to wait for somebody to respond and then trigger off what they said or oh, find sure. a way to jump into communications. You don't have to dialogue with anybody. Right. Well, I happen to like that because I'm a person, you know, people person, that type of thing. One of the most frustrating things for me is to have to try to d- communicate with a person who you know who talks like they have verbal diarrhea you know just mm-hmm. run on sentences mm-hmm. sentence, sentence. and you have to dive in or say wait, wait a minute let me and, and slice in because you know they haven't been listening they just been yes. using words absolutely and it's frustrating and you don't have the chance to you know you don't have to do that with the written text you can say it here's a paragraph it said all that i would have said that might have taken 30 minutes in dialogue with the person to get out because you sure. had to Get them ready to listen. Well, okay. But are you not making the case then right now by saying that in some situations, maybe if, if this individual that you are dialoguing with, let's just assume that, you know, you were, you were co, uh, co-workers on a project. Okay. 
You get me would to it safe not, territory now. Yeah, would it not make more sense to ask them a question or have that dialogue through written communication where you know you can get back a little more of a succinct answer? Absolutely. Than and to waste maybe a half an hour yeah, of your time. But when doing you ask that. a yes or no question and you get, you know, if you ask what time it is and you yeah. get the history of the watch, right, in our history of time, that's a little, little sure. much. Exactly. You know how frustrating it is, Alan, on even phone call com- communications or email, particularly cell phones, when you're on the cell phone with somebody across the country and you have that time delay. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And then people start over talking. You never know where they heard and you feel bad about interrupting or it sounds like interruptions and all that sort of stuff. That's the same type of thing. Sometimes the verbal communications, as opposed to the written, as we're saying, gets just gets just it's frustrating and it's well, it's um, it's aggravating, and you don't know really did I get them to really get the message across? Did I hear their message clearly enough? Whatever. And I think for that reason, a lot of times people just love going with the written, fast, mm-hmm. expedient email, yes. even over the voicemail type of thing. Okay. I think there's a time efficiency matter as, as well that mm. people are dealing with. Now, granted, I could argue that, and I tell staff here in our office all the time that if there's a problem, a question, get on the phone and call that person or go to their office and meet with them because you're going to save a lot of time mm-hmm. than going in a back and forth five, six deep email chain yeah, trying to yeah, solve it. Okay. Yeah. So that's, that's understood. However, I can attest to just uh, – I'm not going to give a specific date or time frame because I don't want anybody being able to pick out which encounter I'm talking mm-hmm. about. But in the recent past, I probably wasted a good two hours of my life dealing with a situation that honestly could have been handled with a five-minute email answer back and forth because that individual – is not very succinct in their verbal communication skills and us talking about one topic led into a whole nother category of topics that I had nothing to do right, with. Was this on the phone or was this face to face? This was face to face. Okay. All right. Okay. So basically my equation, when I think of time equaling money, mm-hmm. thinking, okay, that could have been done in five minutes and I could have mm-hmm. gotten the exact same result. Yeah. I gained nothing from this. Yeah. To me, the written, the one reason I do like written forms of communication as a use for certain certain applications is that it can be very direct. It mm-hmm. can be very pointed. And very rarely do you ever see anybody who just writes for pages and pages rambling on an email or mm. a written dialogue when they're being asked a question. You haven't read mine, I guess. No, well, <laughs> okay. In fact, I know you don't. No, actually, you know, you, you vary. I'll I tell you, if, if it's a topic I know you're very interested in, you have a lot of thoughts on, you do give a lot of depth to your information on written communications, yes, which is great. Valuable stuff, But right? at the same time, you also realize if somebody asks you a quick question, I normally will get that one answer back, which is good, too. Mm-hmm. You play it on both angles, which I think is how it's important to be done. Well, um, I just think if somebody asks me a yes or no question, I'm going to give a yes or no. Exactly. It's amazing how many emails I get back, like somebody write back and say, is that it? Yep. Is anything wrong? Right. Because you were short and snappy about it. Yeah, you know? so well. You ask a yes or no, and it was and yes that's no. a whole thing I want to get into with some cons about written. Let's go ahead and jump into that. Well, then, let me so, know. Let yeah. me make one comment to you that makes okay. you feel much better about that wasted five minutes you talk about in dialogue, you know. Wasted. No, I wasted an hour 55. Hour 55. It was what? a two-hour. No, it was a two-hour dialogue. Gee whiz. Oh, yeah. No, no, that's what I'm saying. It, well, was, was it wasn't like enough. a five-minute wasted. Yeah. Uh, five minutes I can, I can give up. Yeah. But when I'm in a dialogue with somebody for two hours okay. about something that could have been solved with a right. five-minute email mm-hmm. communication. That was my that was my catch there. Well, so. I, I was just going to comment. Don't feel too bad about time wasted sometimes. All you have to do is think about what your dad, me, did one time. I caught myself watching water boil in a microwave for three and a half minutes one morning. You know, <laughs> okay, I don't feel so I just, bad now. So. Uh, only, and that was a life-changing moment. You know, I thought about this. How could I have been using those three and a half minutes? Yeah. That was kind of dumb, you know. 
Yeah, so. it was. It okay. was. Uh, do you think it was going to bowl quicker if you watched well, it? I don't or? know. I just, I guess I just, you know, was found it fascinating. I just don't know. Okay. You know, whatever it was. Interesting. All right. Good. Yeah. Good to know. This episode is brought to you by Drive Leadership, a leadership development and consulting service of the Jackson Group. Drive Leadership is a comprehensive process for preparing current and future leaders for active, results-oriented roles in rapidly changing organizations through the use of leader assessments, skills development sessions, individual or team coaching, and online reinforcement. To learn more about the Drive Leadership concept, visit its website at www.driveleadership.com. Even though we've kind of already hit on some things that are cons or negatives mm-hmm. about the written communication or pitfalls mm-hmm. that a lot of people fall into, let's kind of revisit some of those and make sure they're fresh in their brain. So the idea of those people that the way I look at it is they kind of hide behind the technology or they hide behind the letters. How many leaders do you know that you've seen written communications from them that is of one tone, one type of message, but then if you actually talk to them directly, you get a completely different tone, personality, mm-hmm. and intent from it. That's an interesting thing. Uh, Twelve, I think. Okay, Twelve, good. All right, good. Like that. yeah. that's, that's the number. <laughs> that's the number. We're no, that's an interesting for. part. I hadn't thought about that way, but you're right. And some people, are you saying that some people get too officialized when they write, or they? I think it's officialized, or they can say things, or mask uh, what they're saying. I think it's hiding behind technology and in, in writing. Sometimes, mm-hmm. uh, I have come across a lot of people that can be extremely firm and aggressive and visionary in their thinking, and you wonder in a written document. And you wonder, okay, well, how much of that is really them and how much of it is they got a lot of feedback from other people and they cobbled some things together and put this out. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then on the aggressive side, I've seen also some people that can be extremely pointed and critical in their writing saying this is the problem, we've got to deal with this. But then you talk to them in person and they're just not – they're very Mm -hmm. weak. It's almost like they're hiding behind – I can put these words down on paper and mm-hmm. it sounds really strong and aggressive, but mm-hmm. I'm not comfortable saying that myself in front of anybody. Okay. Gotcha. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the, to me, that's a concern is that so I think sometimes people can get a little hiding behind the words. It's like, I put that word out there. That should be all I have to do when really verbally, they've got to be able to back it up. You know? Right. And I can see it. I'm thinking of examples in both directions where somebody comes across very mellow in the written word when you know they're really agitated about sure. it. Sure. Uh, or vice versa. They come across terse, succinct, pointed, uh, very feisty in the written word. And you talk to them and say, well, you know, I, I was just, you know, just having yeah. a, you know, it's just that it came across. It was a bad day, whatever. And it does belie. But that would, you know, it's probably coming from the same type of person that does that no matter what form of communications they're in with, True. even dialogue. You know, they, yeah. they, if they mask behind words, it doesn't matter what format the words are in. Very good you know, point. Yeah. I guess it does kind of go back to to your example of wondering how much of what people write sometimes on official letters and documents is crafted by other individuals and doesn't really yeah. have their voice. You know, so yeah, handlers. That's one. Well, that's one issue I've always had with written communications is sometimes if I see something that has a completely different tone or intent or severity to it than what I'm used to with that person. It doesn't seem genuine. It mm-hmm. almost seems like they've overcrafted that message right. to the point where it's not really them talking anymore. So that's mm-hmm. that's one pitfall, I think. Mm-hmm. What about the idea of, uh, and this is especially true in emails or even like little quick text messages and all, misinterpretations by people. Uh, you know, you take a message that the person who wrote it, the leader who wrote it, intended it to be perceived one way, 
But the people reading it are like, whoa, okay, that's either sounded extremely critical of me, that uh, yeah. made me sound like I was doing a bad job, even if the leader didn't intend that. Mm. You don't always get a chance to explain your intent on a written document. Written Unless is the person basically, takes the time to either call you back, write you back, you, or whatever, and say, but did, then what it, did you mean? But yeah. then it jumps back out of the written and hopefully into that's more right. of a face-to-face. Yeah. But that is a pitfall. I mean, I've seen that happen as well where – People read the messages they get, the text or uh, written yeah. messages, and say, well, okay, where is this coming from? I don't understand this. Yeah. Or is that really what this person thinks? And it's just a matter of the, the words that were chosen and the use of one exclamation point versus two, the word, use of certain words in capital letters versus others. Or not, it, that's, print, yeah. All those mm-hmm. things can just be misinterpreted by people who read it who have a different style of reading the, the correspondence they get. Well, let's accept the fact that's going to happen, mm-hmm. right? Because – Honestly, most people aren't very good communicators in the written word. They really aren't. Right. I mean, some are perfect at it and wonderful, sure. almost too perfect. But two, two, two examples. First of all, you mentioned that what we've got to work with there are the words. Mm-hmm. You know? Did you know that a study from years ago, and I think Professor Merwin Hayes at Babcock School of Management at Wake Forest years ago when I was there on an MBA program, he was a great professor of communications, um, he exposed me to the fact that only 7% of our effectiveness as a communicator comes from the words we choose to use, whether they're written or voiced. It doesn't matter. You know, big words, small words, succinct words, colorful words, whatever it might be, are important. You know, they communicate something. But only our, our effectiveness as a communicator only comes 7% from the words we choose to use. That's wow. scary. Yeah, that's scary. Mm-hmm. Think about it with a written word or the phone. Mm-hmm. You're missing all the other potential ways that we can be effective. And those happen to be, um, studies show 38% of it comes by the way we say words. Which right. you lose on a written communication, you right? You do. Yeah. You do. We can hear it on the phone. Yeah. The tone of voice, the uhs, the pauses, mm-hmm. the, um, you know, well, I'm kind of thinking about, you know, those things communicate a lot. Mm-hmm. But 7% for the words, 38% for the way we say the words. And then 55% of our effectiveness as a communicator comes from how we look as we say those words. All right, that's so, scary. Yeah. So looking at it on a scale, if you send out a letter or email to employees as a leader, yep. that message on average is only 7% effective because it's just the word you're seeing printed. That's right. If you were to communicate it through a phone call or a voice conference call or something – now you're up to 45% effectiveness. That's right. Potential effectiveness. But to get 100% effectiveness, you've got to be in front of your audience or in front of the person you're talking to and communicating the language. And using right words. And say right. it well. Yeah. And that's why this quote I love, and I've used it before in one of our chats, that inarticulate leaders make us all uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. In other words, people who, a person's a leadership role, people are listening to that person because it's almost like that Smith Barney commercial used to be on TV. You say when Smith Barney talks, people listen. Oh, right. right. Well, they're a leader, and they're supposed to be listened to and heard. But if we don't make it easy, if we don't, if we don't talk or write in ways that's very inviting for people, mm-hmm. kind of like a magnet to people to say, what, what's he getting? You know, whatever. First thing you'll do is run the risk of poor communications. Mm-hmm. Second thing is we usually cut off the opportunity for that person to dialogue back and say, what did you really mean? Right. You know, because people are communicating upwards, and that's not an easy thing for people to confront sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think there are a number of foibles about the written word, uh, but a lot of it goes back to just the person as a communicator anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, no, I agree. That's, that's, 
It's interesting. I mean, I know we're talking about written communications. It sounds like in the grand scheme of things, it, it doesn't have that much impact on how well a leader leads. But it is a, it's a tool in their toolbox they've got to use and be good at. Well, so. every leader needs to understand that no matter what they put out, voice-wise or written-wise, is a communication piece. People are anxious to know mm-hmm. what's on their mind. Okay. I, had, I have a quote that I tell people a lot of times. It's very important, sometimes more important, that we learn how to listen between the lines and behind the words to what the person's really saying. Right. And if we don't hear it or assume it, we have to ask about it. Mm-hmm. You know, because rarely are people really, really good at carefully and precisely saying what they mean. Yep. Yep. True. So, so okay. Can I – gosh, I feel like I go to this example all the time, but I really – I don't. to me it's just such an interesting example, illustration of a leader or person to look at. You know, we talked last time about the whole thing with Steve Jobs, and it was yeah, kind of interesting. Yeah. Like the day after we recorded and posted yeah. it, he he resigned from Apple. So that that's was, probably because he got the word that we talked about him, and he said, "What more is there to exactly. like?" Exactly. Yeah. I feel like his mm-hmm. he kind of completed his whole work circle at that point uh, right. with our with our dialogue there. Yeah. <laughs> but looking at him, to me, he's just to me he's just fascinating because he's both a good and bad example sometimes of what we're talking about. But he's made it all work for him. Uh, there's a history right now in the last few years that people in the general community know what Steve Jobs email address is. Mm. They do. Mm. It's Steve at apple.com. Mm. I mean, he it's out there. The public knows about it. I believe it's Steve at apple.com. Uh, anyway, oh, it's out go. there. I mean, it's you're public. Supposed to know that, I know it's public. Know so a lot of websites will post when people do write him an email. And of course I'm sure he gets thousands of emails. Mm. So he's got somebody filtering them out to make sure mm-hmm. only the certain ones get through to him. He's known for actually responding back to some of those. Mm, okay. So here he is, a president and CEO of a, one of the largest companies in the world, responding back to end users about random questions about yeah. certain pieces of software or why he mm. did this or did that. Mm-hmm. But the funny thing is, is that his responses, and this is just – you can look online and see some of his responses, are generally one sentence or less. Mm-hmm. Uh, even one of them was, nope. Yeah. <laughs> that was the answer. Yeah. You know, Steve, uh, are you – are you ever planning on doing this? Is this product ever going to allow us to do this? And the answer was nope. Yeah. That's it. But say, I like that. I mean, it's like okay. you ask a yes or no question, you get a yes yeah. or no answer. Right. You know? So, you know, now granted, some people could read that if they did not know who Steve Jobs was, they mm-hmm. didn't know his personality. You could read that and say, oh man, did you, can you believe He's this? He's upset. You this really guy just, off, Yeah. You know? This guy just gave me a one answer. What kind of company is this? I'm not going to buy stuff from them. Yeah. But it's Apple. It's Steve Jobs. Everybody knows the kind of person he is. The fact that you get a response back, I'm sure was ecstatic enough for, for somebody in that position. But uh, you see that that's a meaningful example to me because it's one side of the way he communicates. If you think about it, though, because of my image of Steve Jobs, and I'm not a techie, so I don't know right. that sort of stuff. All I know he's he's a Phenomenally interesting person to listen to. Mm-hmm. He could be techie geek stuff verbiage-wise on the TV screen when he does his annual conferences and introduces mm-hmm. new products and all that. But he's he's Mr. Common Man, and mm-hmm. he dresses that way. And that's part of how he communicates. That's part of his style, you know, yeah. That's exactly right, and that's a communication message. That's how we look as we speak. His dress is a part of that way. But I know you can tell me the one thing he's known for saying close to the end of his introduction of products and all that sort of stuff, each annual conference. Mm, the and one more thing. Yeah. One more, and one more thing. And people just applaud when he says that and they say, oh, yeah, okay. He's known for that. But you know what? He's managing people's attention. Mm-hmm. He's got them used to, to knowing that it's going to come from him. And everybody's like, hey, when's he going to say it? When's he going to say it? Right. And when he does, okay, great. Well, he's managing attention. That's the thing that people need to do with their 
communications, no matter what form it takes. We manage people's attention, and then we have to manage the meaning of what we're getting across to them. And both of those things can be done electronically, verbally, with people, face-to-face or not. But we have to craft it in such a way so that it does that. That's why I get so ticked when people just dash off an email without thoughts to sentence construct, Mm -hmm. to accuracy of typing, right? Incomplete sentences. Right. Um, They they write it like they're thinking it, which is all over the place. (laughs) And also the fact that, like we've been talking about, they don't reread it and think about it. Did I communicate really what I want to communicate? And that, you know what that communicates to me? When a, when a person in a leadership role dashes off a poorly constructed email that leaves more questions than answers, mm-hmm. all right? Like, what the heck did she talk about? Right. Or puts in there wrong spelled, mis- misspelled words. Sure. Or, uh, and I don't mind about no capitals and all that, although it's kind of, kind of hokey to do that. But all those things say, I don't have the confidence in that person. If they mm-hmm. don't, If they're not paying attention to what they say and how they say it in the written word, how can I listen to them on anything else? Where's the confidence level? Hmm. So okay. it's erodes the confidence about the quality as a leader. Okay, I saw one just rest. Yes, no, this morning where somebody on Facebook, mm-hmm. you know, which you know, I don't use a whole lot, but I do read some stuff. In fact, it's only recently that I stopped calling it you know, facelift. So it's one of those things where <laughs> well, you got I, the name right. That's, that's a good right. step in the right direction. I read, I read it one this morning, and some guy had posted something and. Here's classmates, and one of them know that some classmate had died. And one of the responses came back, and it was supposed to be sensitive, you know. But what caught my attention, what managed my attention, was one misspelled word. Mm-hmm. And this woman wrote back to him and said, oh, I know what she's been through. You know, that's tough, T-U-F-F, T-U-F-F. Mm-hmm. Well, you might say, well, so what? You know what you're talking about. Yeah, I do. But you know what? That's what drew my attention. Hmm. And that's how she managed my attention, that one word, like, oh, my gosh, misspell. And I focused on that rather than what she was trying to communicate. And that's wow. what people do when things are poorly crafted. Okay. They focus on the mistakes or good the absences point. or the gaps in those communications. Well, this is probably a good, some good advice then for a lot of the up-and-coming work generation that we've got. You doubted that it was good advice? No, I mean, no, no. It, advice. no. I knew it was good advice. <laughs> I, I'm scribbling notes left and right on what you're saying here. But – I've talked to a lot of high school students about Mm -hmm. business communications and things that they need to be prepared for as they get into the business world. You know, of course, a lot of concerns about what they're posting up on social media and the fact that it's going to stick with them forever and they need to be mindful of that. But one thing I've always told them is the way they dialogue with one another, the quick abbreviations on text messages, the uh, more phonetic spellings as opposed to the real way a word is spelled. Sure. the run-on lack of punctuation, all of that, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. doesn't fly in the business world. Yeah. And it really is for what you were just describing there. It's a, you know, we can't necessarily say that people need to be communicating with one another on a friendship level uh, a different way than the, how they are. But once you get into the business world, you are exposing yourself to a whole different community mm-hmm. where there are expectations, there are judgments being made mm-hmm. based on the words that you say. Mm-hmm. And the things that people can find about you. Yep. And you're right. I mean, if uh, now it's one thing, maybe on a Facebook, a personal message, somebody's posting something. But if that example right away with the whole tough thing showed you that on a quick little Facebook post, imagine if somebody got a letter yep. from somebody looking for a job. Yep. Right. And right. it had some of those misspellings in it or some mm-hmm. of those uh, errors that you would normally see in a text message mm-hmm. or something that uh, a teenager would do. Sure. 
that's uh, that's not going to instill that confidence in you. You're right. Absolutely. Uh, I, I think one of the things that you ought to in the Jackson Group company ought to start doing, and it's just in my personal preference, I know we spend a lot of time interviewing people many times that we interview them, and mostly what we're looking for is fit into yep. the company. Mm-hmm. Does their style, their personality, does, it, does their nature fit into what we're like as, as a company, as a culture, which is a great thing to do. Right. But I've always wanted us to ask somebody to, after our first interview, Go back home, write us a letter, mm-hmm. write us a hard copy letter, and in it tell us what you're looking for in your life's work and why you think we might be able to provide it. Hmm. But you know what? I could care less about either one of those two things. Well, I already know that right. by then. Sure. What I would love to see is how they express themselves how in the they, written word. How they handle the written word. And if they've crafted it, if they've reread it, if they've got the spelling right. Because I'm just fearful. You know, Right now, it goes back to that example of the 7%, 38%, mm-hmm. 55%. Think about what kids are learning in school today about communication. <laughs> sure. Only the 7% part. Yeah. They're learning some words, hopefully how to spell them, which I don't see mm-hmm. evidence of yet. No. And how to put them in sentences, how to parse those sentences. That's even a word that people don't even use these days, parse the sentences, and that type of thing. But they're not learning how to sound effective when they communicate and how to look effective when they yeah. communicate. They're not. Unless they're in debate like you oh, sure. were. You know? Yeah, and believe me, I've gotten some great cover letters and resumes sent to me that sounded wonderful. Yep. But the minute I actually meet them in person, it's just it falls apart. Yeah, uh, they absolutely. don't know how to. They're learning that proper language from the written side, but they're not extending it beyond that. So yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Right. Okay, so talking about, though, those people that maybe are – struggling with their written communication style. Mm. Let's take, let's take a, let's create a, a fictitious example here. Someone who's really, really good in front of people. Mm. They do a great job, mm-hmm. but their written communication skills are not there yet. Mm-hmm. What are some things you would recommend to someone who is finding themselves having to communicate a lot through email and other things? What would you try to advise them on how to, how to really make sure their message is being communicated the right way through written words. What are some things you tell them to do? Well, there's practical and impractical things, and I know that. So I'll give you an impractical one first, okay. and that is trying to determine if a person can look at their own written communications and diagnose and say, why is it, where am I blowing it? Is it in sentence construct? Is mm-hmm. it not completing sentences? Is it, you know, I'm writing as I think and not as I would say? Right. Um, is it in that I don't put, oomph behind what I write? Is it a matter of spelling? You know, is it technical stuff? If it's spelling and sentence construct and those types of things, those are teachable. But the person's got to take the, the, get a book, you know, Mm -hmm. at the library about, you know, writing well. It's it's that simple. And just start reviewing it. Uh, There's some great little thin books out because these people also don't like to read a lot sometimes. (laughs) Thin books. (laughs) I get off the leadership and self-management shelves at the bookstore, any bookstore. And, uh, you know, even how we say, what was that book that we wrote about? Um, eating, eating leaves and shooting, I don't know, something like that. But it, you could read it two, one, one of two ways, just on the spine of the book, you know. And you think, man, that's interesting. How did they mean that? It made you open the book and do that. Okay. But that's what the whole purpose is. Watch how you put things together, mm-hmm. right? So if you get that first, that's teachable and that's learnable. Okay? Sure. But if it's a matter of, did I say what I wanted to say? Does it come across clearly mm-hmm. to the person who's reading it? The best way I found is to have a colleague read it. Yeah, I was going to say the yeah. same thing. I think if it's an important communication piece, yeah. Yeah. you know, I'll say anyway, anywhere from somebody looking for a job, sure. wanting to write a cover letter, sure. up to a CEO sending mm-hmm. out a message to all staff about sure. massive cutbacks or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. 
you need to have somebody else reread that, even if you feel pretty confident in your own writing skills. That's the one advantage you can really play up on the written side of things is that you do have time to mm-hmm. review it and get other people to look at it before you hit the send button or drop them drop mm-hmm. in an envelope. Yep. So, yep. Yeah. There's another side of this. I don't want to miss the opportunity to say it, but, you know, and this is not so much of how we correct and make sure we don't make errors in our written communications. This is proactive on this. How can you make sure that we put the oomph behind it, that we replace what we don't have at our disposal that a total of 93% of our communication effectiveness, how we look and how we voice things to people, mm-hmm. how they sound, when you're using written com- communications only. Okay? Mm-hmm. How do we replace that? Well, I try to do this, and I, I don't do it well. Is it smiley faces? It's no. Smiley faces, no isn't the it? first thing I was going to say, though, it's just not. <laughs> you know, it just, that just drives me at the wall. Smiley faces. From, I don't even know how to make those things with a keyboard, first of all. And and all the little LOL. First time somebody sent me an LOL, yeah. you know, I got all excited because it was a gorgeous woman in Pennsylvania. This is a client. And I thought she sent lots of love. Oh. You know, no, it's laughing out loud. No, she's you laughing know, at you. Then I got you, ticked yeah. off when I understood that. <laughs> she's not flirting with you. She's <laughs> laughing at you. Is that right? <laughs> but those little cutesy things just right. diminished to me. I'm like, oh, my God, they're into that. Smiley face, frowny face, and all those other things. Right. But symbols are important. I love to see where people try to manage my attention through what they've written, either in a hard copy or an email, underlining, bold print, italicized, even draw arrows, put a box around something, separate it off, separate it off in a, in a box to itself, or yeah. uh, put bullet points. You know, mm-hmm. don't inundate me with text just because you're not comfortable getting across what you want to say without a lot of words. Learn how to say it in a shorter way but a meaningful way. So I was actually going to ask you from a business standpoint, if a colleague, if a, uh, somebody in your organization is writing you a email, for example, about an important project, they want to update you on, on status yeah. or whatever, yeah. which do you prefer? Do you prefer more of a, almost like they're writing a, a letter, like paragraph, 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 where they're just kind of talking through it mm. or the bullets and underline and more I prefer group. bullets and underline. Okay. You know why? Because again, I don't have the patience for the other stuff and I'll, and I'll miss stuff. Right. If you just text and text and text, you know, I'm still the type of person and, and there's many of us out there in the world, thank God, but that read magazines and books that have pictures and white space and call out boxes mm-hmm. that basically says, here's what you should have gotten yeah. out of that page. Right. I'm still that type of reader. And I'm mm-hmm. that same type of way when I get things communicated from employees or anybody else. You know, I have even gone to the length sometimes of taking an email and even saying to the person, sometimes you just have to hit them over the head, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. remember People are getting inundated with tons and tons of messages of all types during the day. Verbal messages, stop by conversations with people, uh, the, the written text, uh, hard copy, the emails, the technical reports on their desk. And you have to have some way of simply saying, how do I, hmm, how do I isolate what I'm communicating to them right. and make them notice it? That's managing sure. attention. Yes. And I've actually started off letters sometimes said, the following five points are important, but the first two are critically important, exclamation points and such and such. Mm-hmm. If you don't do anything but react to them, fine. Then I'll put those things in red type or green type or blue type. So it's helping manage their time, really. So that's a good, effective Well, it's just uh, making sure they style. don't miss what I'm trying to right. communicate, you know, because so, I don't want it to be on my shoulders that I did it poorly. Mm-hmm. You know, when they wrote back and said, well, I just didn't get that from what you wrote, right. you know, but they never told me until it's a mistake. Sure. Sure. I got I got people even in this company that I just I have no problems writing them back after I get emails and said what the heck did you mean yeah finish your sentences right you know 
hey, I can take this three different ways. Which mm-hmm. way did you mean? Sure. And we have just got to be good at saying to ourselves, what do I want to communicate? I read it. Did I communicate it? Have somebody else read it. Did you get that across or not? Boom. Mm-hmm. It's done. Well, one thing I'm, I'm, have been guilty of in the past too, and I have to remind myself is, uh, sometimes you feel the need to write an email or send off a communication maybe late at night mm. or maybe when you're just kind of just reeling from something happening, either you're very frustrated mm-hmm. or something happening. Timing has a lot to do with it as well. Yep. I mean, it really does. It's, you know, we've all been guilty of dashing off emails probably at times that we shouldn't have, and we should have maybe taken a breath, let a couple hours pass, reread it, and make sure so we see how we feel. I need how many times to, to hear more about that? Because that, that's foreign to me. I've never well, done yeah, that in yeah. my life. Well, I was going to ask, how many times have you written an email where you're just you know the hot? To no, no, I know, yeah. but you don't send it. You've oh, written yeah. it, yeah. and you've just tore into somebody or into something or voiced your frustration, but you don't send it because you know. I need to let this cool for a little bit, and then maybe you go back and make some revisions or clear it out. There are more of those later in my life than there Mm -hmm. were earlier in my life. Right. Because I had no problems dashing off hot emails because it was hot on my mind. Yeah. And I want to say it like I said it. And, uh, you know, the closest I've come has been probably about four or five months ago. I wrote an email, knee-jerk reaction, but it was an honest reaction, and Mm -hmm. it was a valid reaction to something that had been said to one of our staff people in this company by a client. and. You know, I'm still kind of reeling from that, as is the person that I wrote it to. And mm-hmm. we're at odds with each other a little bit now, which mm-hmm. we shouldn't be. But it's probably because of my knee-jerk and not thinking through and writing it more um, expressively, not hotly, but expressively and articulately saying what I really meant to say and want yeah, to say. Right. Rather than putting all those ifs, ends, and buts, and maybes, and that sort of stuff in there. Well, I think the lesson there is just, you know, if you've got something really uh, emotional to convey, uh, I think it's a good move to to write it, get it on a first draft. But I will tell you, anybody that uses email primarily, do not put anything in the to line, like who it's going to. Mm. Write it. Because you don't want to have that slip and actually hit that send button and it goes out before you, you really it won't go out. If there. you don't have anything in the two line, if you don't have anything in the two line, it won't go anywhere. Well, obviously, yeah, okay, yeah. So bad. that's what I do anyway. If I say, all right, I'm going to write an email, but I'm not putting anybody in the two line yet, mm. because I just don't want to take any chances of me slipping and this thing uh, right. going out. Okay. So I'll do that. And then if I've re- reread it and thought, you know, yes, this is how I want to communicate it. I feel good and comfortable. Mm. Then I'll put the person's name in the two line. <laughs> Just okay. to make absolutely sure I don't pull the trigger prematurely on that. So anyway, just I, that's pretty good. I hadn't, yeah. I didn't know you did that. That's pretty good, Alan. I'm yeah, glad you good. learned that from your dad or somebody. Yeah, yeah. I did. I, I I picked it up from somebody. Sure. I don't remember where. <laughs> um, so I think I think just trying to avoid those late night impulsive emails too. Mm. Uh, that plays up the good and bad side of written communications. I mean, once it, it's bad in that we have that immediacy with email and that people can get that message right away mm. the very second you hit it. You can't take it back. I mean, once it's out there, it's gone. Yep. Now, but the good side of it is that unlike person-to-person, face-to-face communication, Mm -hmm. there again, face-to-face, you say it, it's out there. You really can't retract your words once you've said them out of your mouth. At least with written documents, we have a chance to review our work and look at it and reread it and have somebody else read it. Say, is this communicating the way I want to? So I think for those situations where it's extremely important to make sure the words are right, and maybe some of those leaders who don't always have the strongest confidence in the words they say in a public setting, the written word can be their salvation. They can yeah. come across very polished, mm-hmm. very clear, mm-hmm. very succinct, 
and they've had a chance to review it and mm-hmm. get feedback from others before they send it. Yeah. So, yeah. I want to mention one other thing that just mm-hmm. popped up in my mind, but, and it's a minor thing, but it's, and it's more personal to me, I guess, but you know what irritates me sometimes when I get an email from somebody, mm-hmm. even somebody that I communicate well with and all that, but they'll, I guess I'm looking for clues out of reading between the lines and behind the words all the times. And I wish people would fill that in for me. Mm-hmm. You know, the other day I got an uh, email from a valued client who simply said, call me mm-hmm. today if possible. Yeah. But now, what does that sound like to you? What, what's, what's that communication or conversation going to be like when I call him? Uh, it sounds like maybe frustrated by something or mad about something. Yeah. That's, that's how it sounds to me. That's know. right. And that doesn't bring out the best of me when I left those questions. And with people that I can do this with, I'll simply write back and say, why? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Sure. And I don't think they like that. But then they write back, oh, I want to talk about it. So I say, okay, fine. Yeah. Well, that's just being honorable in your communication because why not give me forewarning mm-hmm. or enough so I can prepare for the conversation when we have it? You know? Well, and plus, what they, what they basically did is wasted several minutes back and forth of just that needless back and forth trying to find out clarification when they could have just wrote it the first time, given that clarification and you had it and you're ready to go. But think of the whole play way it plays out. They write and say, call me. And I don't write back and say, why? Mm-hmm. So they don't have a chance to say why, but I just call them. Right. And then later, <coughs> later when I do call them, they ask me something I'm not prepared to answer. I have to gather material for that means another phone call back and forth and time yeah. in between. So right. don't get the wasted time there. No, it's, I agree. I, I, I'd rather people get to the point of emails and not leave it vague, not leave something out there hanging for somebody to respond to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I definitely appreciate more of the, the direct communication on those yeah. as well. Good points. Yeah. Any other pointers we've got for, <laughs> for people? What I'm hearing so far is, you know, with written communications, it's really imperative that you reread your communications before they go out and have others give you some feedback, especially on really important ones. And looking for meaning. Did I say what I wanted to say? Mm-hmm. Clarity. Mm-hmm. Right? Was it clear enough or are you ambiguous about it? You know, right. Multiple meetings, it could be this or that. It should say one thing that's what you wanted to communicate. And did I communicate it so that I manage that person's attention to the real message? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And then you know, avoiding any <laughs> impulsive uh, written communications, making sure we've got time to review mm-hmm. and get our thoughts composed and well together. Uh, but at the same time, the written communication is such a small portion of what effective communication is. So Absolutely. It's important. Now, 7% is not something to just blow off Absolutely. and say, forget about it. Those 7% can do a lot of damage. Exactly. But the ideal leader from a communication standpoint needs to be good in both arenas. They've got to be able to back up their written words with the same verbal uh, tone and messages and indirect uh, nonverbal communication cues. But, you know, you can't also just be a great person out in front of people and then be lousy writing things because yeah. as a leader, you are going to have to write things in communications from yep. time to time. Yep. So inarticulate leaders make us all uncomfortable. Yeah. And that's no matter where that inarticulation comes from mm-hmm. written word, spoken word, inferred words, whatever. Yeah. As listeners, we, we need to be helping people, Communicate well. Mm-hmm. If something's unclear, ask them what they mean. Right. If there seems to be a hidden meaning in there, challenge it and say, it seems like what you're really saying is, you know, that's active listening. Mm-hmm. And it saves everybody a lot of time and frustration and hassle. Because if people go in two different directions after thinking they both have communicated well and they haven't, everybody loses. Yeah. Nobody wins. Sure. You know? All right. Good. Well, I think we've I think we've exhausted this topic. I feel pretty good about that. So, well, I want you to go back and write up an email about it. So, summarize it for me if you would. So, we'll, 
Oh, sure. Yeah, I'll write it all up. I'll bullet point it. I'll bold and underline and italicize as much as I can as well. We'll be yeah. good. We'll good be set to go. Great. Now it's been enjoyable. This is a good topic. Good. Yeah, well, I think it's just another thing. It's uh, just another little tool that, that leaders have to have in their arsenal. They need sure. to know how to control the written word yeah. and understand what are some of the pitfalls and the, 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 the problems that could come up if it's not managed correctly. Well, you know, one of the things that we do some training on leaders these days is, you know, everybody's always trained on could being a good communicator. Mm-hmm. And that's always him. It's so bland and so gentle and so broad. And this whole thing of electronic written word is extraordinarily important today. Yes. And that's probably accounts for maybe 80% of how we communicate in the business world these sure. days, unfortunately or fortunately. So a lot of our training sometimes, and we have a session that's even called uh, how, to, how to speak so that how to communicate, or excuse me, how to speak so that people will listen. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about managing that attention, but you know, not, not distracting them. One last example. Sure. I used to partner up with another trainer. She's an excellent professor and trainer and everything. And she was very knowledgeable, but she, when put her in front of a group, physically in front of a group, 30, 40 people in the audience, mm-hmm. would do evaluations every time. And sometimes I get back evaluations that would say things like, I know she knows what she's talking about, but she really not, needs to watch how she dresses. <laughs> or she not, needs to stop saying, um, mm-hmm. to everything, mm-hmm. or you know. People get focused on the absence of good communication techniques and how we look that's distractive. If we are ever, and if we catch ourselves in the written word or verbal, if we ever throw things up to people that distract them from what we're trying to communicate, we've done a lousy job. Mm -hmm. That's what it boils down to. Okay, interesting. Yeah, Yeah, that's a good point. Mm. Great. Well, we'll wrap it up for today, and uh, I guess we'll get back together next month and pick on another topic there that we want to help leaders with, really trying to think about ways to help those that are either currently in leadership positions get stronger mm-hmm. or those that are looking to eventually be in leadership positions, things to be thinking about. So yeah. um, we'll look forward to tackling another topic next time. Uh, you're listening to The Mesh, and I know uh, obviously you found this show, but hopefully you've also found that we have some other related shows, even some other related shows in the business world. Yeah, uh, We hit on a few things with customer service, and we do have one show right now, Stepping Up Service, yeah. all about customer service and especially the way it's changed over the years and Mm -hmm. where it is today and the importance of it. So uh, Stepping Up Service, take a look at that if you're interested in that customer service slant to it. That's Ed Gagnon, right? Ed Gagnon down at Customer Service Solutions down in Charlotte, North Carolina. And Mm -hmm. uh, a good partner firm of ours. We're real excited to have him on board with that. And uh, there's also a show about creative thinking, Mm -hmm. and there's also one on even – healthcare specific that we talk about with our survey. So a lot of business related podcasts out there Mm -hmm. to check out besides just ours. Yeah. But we hope you keep listening to ours because we like, uh, we like checking out the ratings on this. That's right. Yeah. Good. All right. Well, signing off for leadership GPS. This is Alan Jackson and his father, Tony Jackson. There you go. All right. The father son duo. Uh, Thanks for joining us today and we will talk to you next month. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.